Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am running the Shadow Dark RPG, and we are running a campaign based on the gloaming from Cursed Scroll 1. Shadow Dark RPG and Cursed Scroll 1 Cursed Scroll 1 are a are products of the Arcane Library. You can find links to those in the show notes. An outstanding old school feeling with new school mechanic sensibilities. You know, very kind of uh, grim and dark. Yeah, a little bit. A little, little grim and dark. But, you know, in sort of fun and wacky ways. And so I'll tell you, now having played 10 or so, 11 sessions or so, something like that of Shadow Dark, I'm a big fan of Shadow Dark. I think it's an outstanding system. I really enjoy it. Uh, it's been fun and interesting learning a new system and learning how to sort of embrace what the system wants you to embrace when you're running it and seeing how that plays out has been really interesting. My players like it a lot. I haven't had any player come to me, none of the players that I've been running it for, none of them have come to me and said, you know, I'm not sure if this is, this is fun, but I might want to try something else. Nobody has said that yet. They're all like, no, this is great. Uh, we've had multiple character deaths and new characters that have come in. It's very swingy. I've talked about that, that the, your, what the dice roll matters a ton. Everything from your ability scores to what kind of character you're going to be to whether you get hit or not, whether you were knocked out with a hit or not. All of that stuff makes a big, your, the treasure you pick up, the number of monsters you fight and encounter. There's so many areas where the dice dictate what happens. That has been a very interesting, very interesting way to go. But I'm enjoying it very much. And we are now deep into our gloaming campaign. And the characters just reached the Bitter Mold Keep, which is the central location in Curse Scroll 1. Bitter Mold Keep is where the main sort of main villains main drive of it bitter mold keep is here at area 702 on our hex map i think i have the hex map in the other window right there so you can see that is where we are that's where we've begun that's where we are now the characters made their way from i think they went straight from drusilla's hut yeah we'll talk about what happened but they went straight from juzilla's hut and then made their way across the land and got to bitter mole keep and have just started crawling bitter mole keep so today's prep is going to be getting a deeper understanding of what is inside bitter mold keep getting our secrets together doing all the rest of the stuff that we do for lazy dming in order to have lots of material for them to enjoy traveling through bitter mold keep this show by the way is thanks to sly flourish patreon patreons patrons of sly flourish patrons of sly flourish get all kinds of great stuff like the city of arches source book uncovered secrets volume one and two a bunch of exclusive adventures a dedicated discord server a monthly q a a whole bunch of tools to help you run your game bunch the stuff you get for being a patron of Sly Flourish. And you can find a link to become a patron of Sly Flourish in the show notes and to the patrons of Sly Flourish. Thank you so much for your outstanding support. So last time we began the session right outside of the rotted tree with the tunnel that led to Drusilla's laboratories. And they had a new book in hand that they took from the witch Drusilla who told them how to cure. The, the book had formulas for how to work with the strange curse of Mugdolblub. Mugdolblub is like this powerful creature of oozes and slimes. And they knew that using the book and with a pure essence of Mugdolblub, they could create a cure to Mugdolblub's curse. And they knew that the only place that they could get a pure sample of Mugdolblub is in 
Bitter Mold Keep. So they knew they had to go to Bitter Mold Keep. So I sort of railroaded them down to going to Bitter Mold Keep. But it was mostly because like I felt that the time was right for them to get there. It is, it's a level one adventure, a level one location, but really the levels don't matter too much in Shadow Dark because, you know, everything, the math is so flat that even if they're two or three or four, it'd still be just as, just as challenging as it would be. If they were seven or eight, it might not be, but if it's two, three or four, it is and just kind of an interesting way that the math works out with Shadow Dark. So, so they made their way to Bitter Mold Keep. They, so outside... They found, I, I rolled a random encounter and it was Knights of St. Yidris. It was, I rolled orcs again, but rather than, and the whole thing was like, you, there's a bunch of orcs and they're about to cook a guy on a spit. And I'm like, I'm going to change that around because that's, you know, I'm not crazy about that idea. But I said better would be that they're Knights of St. Yidris, including orcs, but also a human and a couple of others who have captured one of the characters because we had a new character who wasn't there previously that is here now. And they had captured that character and they were going to burn him at the stake because he was cursed by Mugdalblub. And he was, he has the curse. And so this idea that the Knights of St. Idris are saying like, look, the curse of Mugdalblub spreads. Everybody who's got it, we're just going to kill. And basically us burning you at the stake is better than you succumbing to the curse. Have you seen what it does? And like, yeah, we saw what it does. It turns you into ooze zombies. We don't want to be ooze zombies. Oh, yeah. So we have to set you on fire. And like, well, that doesn't sound great either. So one of the other characters had was brand new. One of the players had a brand new character because their character got burned to death in the previous session. So their character was a knight and they had rolled a knight of St. Idris as their character type. So I was like, oh, that's cool. If you're a knight of St. Idris, what if you're like a fallen knight of St. Idris? You're kind of with them, but you know that what they're doing is terrible. And this is your chance to like get away. So it was a little tense situation. So they fought the knights of St. Idris. I had them fight an actual knight. So I had like a couple of bandits in a night and they fought the night and the night was kicking their ass and the night's only like a level two, right? It's not a super powerful, you know, it wasn't a super powerful creature. Let's see, we'll pull up the night here. So they fought the night and the night getting two attacks plus three for a D eight rolling fives and sixes was knocking characters down with single hits right? It was like a D8. And so this is a thing to understand, like on a D8, like a, a creature that has a D8 for damage. In D&D, we don't think of much about a D8, right? A single D8 is like, oh no, that's like a longsword attack, right? In fact, we do like a D8 plus three, right? You do, you add your strength bonus to it. So it's not uncommon for a first level character or even a, a monster to have like a D8 plus two or D8 plus three. But the hit points that the characters have can fluctuate between like two and 15 or two and like 12 because they roll like D6s. So they have an average of seven, which means you have like a one in four chance of knocking them down on a single hit. And some cases, if their hit points are lower and we have, we had one character who has two hit points, they rolled a one and then they rolled another one. So they have two hit points at second level, which means... (laughs) You know, their chance are seven out of eight that they're going to get knocked out with a single hit. Because if you roll a two on the damage die, you're going to knock them down. And one, and the only one if you roll a one, do they stay standing? So it's really brutal, right? We've been playing with my, it's not really a house, it's kind of a house rule because the game doesn't have a definition for it. But my house rule that essentially anytime you take damage when you're down, anytime you take damage when you're down, you lose one round worth of your death roll so the way that death works the way that dying works is that when you drop to zero the next time it's your turn you roll a d4 and that's how many rounds you have until you die and my thing was if you take damage while you're down it reduces that further so if you only roll a one and then you take damage you're dead and that's actually what happened to one of the characters i did talk to the players i said you know like maybe that's kind of 
arbitrary enough that it would be better that I don't roll the death rounds for them. And the player said, no, it's, we want you to roll it and not tell us. That's scarier. And I'm like, oh, okay. If you guys want that, then I, I think what I will do is when it happens, I will ask the player, do you want to roll or do you want me to roll and not tell you? And then they can, they can make the choice of knowing that knowledge or not. So I think that that works. But that night, so they cast sleep. It was a knight and two bandits and then the other character. And they cast sleep and knocked down the two bandits and they went to sleep and they needed that because I think they'd have gotten killed if they hadn't, but they couldn't put the knight to sleep because she was too high a level because the sleep doesn't affect creatures below a certain, below a certain level. And the knight just started walking around knocking people down and they, they eventually killed her and they met a new NPC, Jupiter Wormhood, who is a scout of Titania uh, from the Fae. And they learned from Jupiter that Titania believes that the world is gone that that you know they they learned all of this that that jupiter told them hey here's what's going on the whole situation is that kytheros the lord of time thinks that the gloaming is a lost cause again we're getting to loki kind of stuff here right the 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 kytheros the lord of time thinks that the gloaming is a lost cause and so he's already said almazat my child almazat who's there to destroy these worlds that have gone bad they've gone wonky Almazat's the devourer of fallen world should go devour it. So Almazat says, okay, I will devour this world. And I will add it to my world of marrow where all of the dead worlds go. The pieces of the dead worlds after they are digested by Almazat's go to the marrow. And I will send my herald underlook the marrow fiend who will begin to prepare the world for its destruction. So that has all taken place. Titania, the fae, the fae queen says, oh, there's, there's still like beautiful things there. There's artifacts and there's beautiful things left in the gloaming, we should send scouts out to go get these artifacts before the world is de- devoured. And and then, you know, we will go. And, and then, you know, we'll take those artifacts and then the world will be devoured and it'll be fine. But they, she, like Titania believes the world is not savable as well. Now, the reason why Almazots, or the reason why Kytheros believes that the world has gone bad is because it has been cursed by Mugdoblub. And... The knights believe if they can eliminate Mugdoblub from the world, that that will convince Kytheros that maybe the world doesn't have to be uh, destroyed. But by that point, and this is where I get into some secrets. So this is a lot of, I've got a lot of like lore, right? This is a lot of like, you know, what are we like? Not, you know, fairy tale lore, religious kind of things. Great big sort of gods and demons and stuff that are sort of ruling the world, these great big pieces. And it's like, what can a bunch of people with two hit points do in this situation? And that's a good question. I, I really don't know where it's going to go. So uh, anyway, they, they were like, wow, talking to you is a real downer because basically Titania and any of the followers of Titania, they think the world is already doomed and they don't think it's savable. So their thought is, hey, we're just gonna collect, there's a bunch of beautiful fae-ish artifacts here. We're gonna collect those and we're gonna take those to the fae, the realm of the fae, the realm of the fairies. And that way those artifacts will be preserved while Underlook devours the rest of the, Underlook and, and, and um, uh, Kythera, not Kytheros. Yeah, Underlook and Almazots are gonna devour the whole rest of the world. So, so they met her, then they traveled through the lands. I, can't remember if there was any interesting encounters that they came to along the way. Nothing jumps out at me as any encounters that they had. And then they got their way to to Bitter Mold Keep. And that is where we are beginning. And then they made their way into Bitter Mold Keep. We have my Owlbearer map here. We're using the like the circle so that one of the characters has the the, the view. And a bunch of bandits attacked them. 
probably cursed bandits. Six cursed bandits. I rolled a die and it was six cursed bandits. So we're going to see how that's going to go. And that's the strong start for today's game. So that's, that's how things are happening in the gloaming. Let me bring up a new template. I am using Notion to do my campaign planning. If you want to learn more about Notion, you can find out uh, more in the show notes. And we have 15 October. The gloaming. Our strong star. We just jumped right to the strong. I know you're supposed to do the characters, but like I don't, I don't even know who the characters are. But I guess we can do the characters. We can take a look here. So characters are so ephemeral because they die so much. So we have Daisy. Daisy is a goblin rogue who is just trying to figure out what's going on in the world. We have Gim is a new, Gim is a fallen member of the Knights of St. Idris. We have Finnil, who is a wizard who just started getting his memories back. He had amnesia, but he started to get his memories back because it turned out that Drusilla had captured his memories and was using him to go find things and may have been doing so for many years. We have Varro. Varro is a former bandit who followed the 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 the, the red thorn bandits and is now joined with the characters to try to stop what's going. Varro has been cursed. I think a bunch of people have been cursed. Daisy, being a goblin, tried to wake people up by biting them on the ear and then ended up getting infected with Mugdoblub's curse because of biting somebody who was infected. So I think we have three members of the five that are cursed. Morrigan is the daughter of a witch who was burned by the you know, burned by the Knights of St. Yidris. And I think that those are our characters. So yeah, they're all in Mugdoblub's keep and they're just about to fight some bandits. Let's give the bandits a cool name. There's the Shadow Dark book. I always, I, I want to try to use the Shadow Dark book as much as I can. Rival Crawlers. Do they have a name? Yeah, here we go. Right? Oh, get my D20. They are called the, the Thundering Ten. The Thundering Dawn. And they're known for 12. They're frenzied admirers. So the Thundering Dawn fighting the Thundering. They're like a rock group of Delvers. All of them cursed. What if they were all like the Rolling Stones? We'll model them after the Rolling Stones. I've been listening to the Stones because of their new album, Hackney Diamonds. And I think we will model them after the Rolling Stones. Plus, oops, Lady Gaga, Stevie Wonder, and who's the sixth? Elton John. Those names aren't going to work. I'll have to come up with, with better names than those. But let's see. Let's give them some names. So we have Jaeger, Romewood, Heath, Regard, Lady Grace, Lord of Wonder, and the Elder, the Elder John. There we go. There's some fun names. So let's see. We can do a secret and clue. The Thundering Dawn uh, has traveled to many locations in the land. Uh, they got the curse, though. It's broken their minds. So it was going to start off as a battle, but it might not be. See, the hard part is like suddenly if you get six new allies, you got six other characters. I, I think that spending too much time in Bitter Mold Keep has caused their irrevocable corruption. We don't really have to worry about scenes. We're going to dump scenes today. Just focus on their secrets and clues. I think it would be interesting if they learned about a couple of other locations with notable treasure that the Thundering Dawn 
knew about. So let's go to our curse scroll, come up with some other interesting locations. The marker stones, so that could be one, between the ruined watchtower and what's the name of the town? Damn it. I forget. Wardenwood has tombs containing valuable treasure. That is one. I don't think their troll cave is particularly interesting. Um, uh, the barrow mounds are at 910. We can just grab this and drop it right in. East of Wardenwood, south along the eastern road, dozens of hills, tombs of ancient denizens of the forest. That's a good one. Uh, skip Marin's Hold. Meyer Castle Ruins, they already know about. 1401 is where. Oh, far to the northeast. Toad Pond. Karen leads a path. Ancient treasures of the of the fairies lie buried buried in the Karen. That's good enough. So those might be three notes that the the Thundering Dawn. Again, we don't tie our secrets and clues directly to things, but in this case, like we know that they're gonna get it. And that might be in the notes that one of them, Elder John, might, for example, might have had something like that. So we know what our strong start is, but let's now we need to dive deep into the hideous halls of Muggleblub. Fissure in the caverns below, bitter mold keep, bubbled and grew, spewing forth a pool of muttering madness. This primal, primordial ooze, Muggleblub, drove the bitter mold family who lived into the keep to insanity. Now the ooze's petitioners zealously feed and protect it, warring with each other for their new patron's favor. So we could have a new cult, of course, the bitter mold cult. I would just say cult of Muggleblub. Hopes to bring, hopes to spread the curse of Muggleblub to the far reaches of the gloaming in order to make it the the Lord, the Ooze Muggleblub's, in order to make it Muggleblub's realm. They believe they can defeat Kytheros or, or Kytheros and Undaluk. They do not fear the children of Kytheros. Is Kytheros the time guy? I forgot. Because it's, it's Kytheros and it's, who's the other guy? I suck. I can't remember things. Almazot. All right. That helps us. So let's look at the map and let's, let's kind of quickly roll through the locations to get a good idea of what's going on in this place. Entry hall. There's a secret door to the south. There's a memorial chamber. I think they've already seen that. They're in the memorial chamber now. Oh, and one of the characters got stuck in the quicksand. There are howlers. Howlers from Area 4 investigate. There's a secret realm with a pipe organ. If you play something grim, you get experience. If you play something happy, you trigger the trap. That's pretty funny. Child sires, bare feet, scraggly coyote pelt cloaks, jabbering, gnawing raw catfish around a campfire. Twelve of them. These are howlers. Gordok Breeks saw visions of Muggleblub after drinking algae lace pond water. And they're facing the bitter molds. They don't like it. Is there no stat block for howlers? There must be a stat block for howlers. There's a howler. Level one. Five hit points. Club or slings. And they attack in a mob. Okay. And they're making quite a cacophony. Delusional self-important visions about Muggleblub's desires. He's willing to make alliances. Compass Rose Hall is area five. Where's area five? That's down southwest. 
Ooh, a plus one dagger. Wrath. Deals 1d100 damage to anyone who tries to take it from previous possessor, dead or alive. Wrath bolt. Oh. Hmm. How do you get a hold of it? I mean, it's cool because it's a plus one dagger, but is there a way to get it? Is there a way to possess it without possessing it? You know, anyone who tries to take it from previous possessor who's dead or alive, you take a D100 damage. Is there any way to acquire this thing? Or are you better just leaving it on the ground? I don't know. Somebody might die. Such is life. Ashes chamber, six. Glass bowl. Rhyme over the surface. Dozens of teeth and blue pearl. Removing pearl causes teeth and, and ash to knit into a skeleton that serves the pearl holder. Oh, that's cool. You get yourself a skeleton. Burrow holes. Three ichor oozes. You can get a diabolical tre treasure or an ichor ooze. That's on area seven. Oh, that's far. Okay. Ancient fountains. Area eight. Fountains in the alcoves. Pearl fountain. You get a mutant. Bob relief, runny and distorted. Many-fingered man, the top bitter mold keep, drops a heart-shaped stone into its mouth. I don't know how you'd figure out this sulfuric water if you pour it into Reginald Bittermold's mouth. Maybe there's something there. Howler guards. Nine. North skeleton guards. Doesn't say how many. Three. There it does. It totally says how many. And they protect the non-bitter molds. Meteorite room. Area 12. Get possessed into a... Get possessed by a demon. Starry void on interior lid. 20 iridescent meteorite chunks worth 20 gold. That's a lot. 20 times 30. Was that 600 gold? Oh, but for each one you pick up, the gravity gets more. Ah. Stalactite cavern 13. Dangling crowded wet zone. The gold catfish. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Answers questions for gold. Cool. Steaming stalag stalagmites. Resonant cave. Tar bats. This is really a funhouse dungeon, isn't it? Time flux chamber, 17. Stone turns and frosts with bubbles. By the way, I think Kelsey has a video where she talks all about bitter mold keep. If one was to run this like me, one should have watched that video, which I didn't, but I think it's probably worth watching. I like the time flux chamber. This is probably want to tie it to Kytheros, I think. Old shrine to Kytheros or something. That's cool. Gold hummingbird charm. Empty prison cell. Mugdal blood will dissolve all. Jellified remains. Howler prisons. 21. So we have creatures that are called bitter molds. Let's take a look at them. They seem to be important between the... You have sort of two groups. Staring stooped human that scuttles along pale wet skin. Level one. So these are like people that have been converted Half damage from stabbing weapons, because they're all, yeah. So th these are my my zombies that I ran before. But these are more pure. They still have memories. Mugdoblub's Hall. Starry Pool. Telepathic primordial ooze of eldritch power. It must dissolve and incorporate all material. This is upon the weak until only Mugdoblub remains. It needs a steady diet of material to dissolve. It bestows favor upon those who bring it the most material of the highest novelty. It's board of catfish, humanoids, stone, and refuse. Grants a boon to those who it favors. Of course, as it grows, the more it grows, the more Kytheros believes that the world, or that the more, yeah, Kytheros believes that the world should be destroyed and sends Almazat to do it. You can face a mutant catfish. Illusory wall, 24. The bitter mold family tomb. 
Wow. Grants owner immunity to fire plus two strength plus two charisma and the enmity of the Dralik Zorku who wants it back. Water from the obsidian fountain makes Reginald cough up the ruby. How would you know that? That's tricky. Tooth pillar. You use a great big mutant pillar with teeth. Bitter mold hovels. 15 bitter molds praising Mugdalblub. Makes them hostile. This is funny. They remind me of the Darrow that I just ran in uh, Scarlet Citadel. The shrine to Mugdalblub. Ooh, you can drink humanoid soup and get 1d4 hit points back. Who's going to do that? Globriella, Plogrina, Central Cavern. So you have these like different factions, like the mutant catfish, the bitter molds, and the howlers are all kind of at each other. And that is it. So what have I learned? I guess we can bring up some secrets. Three factions vie for power in bitter mold keep. The bitter mold, the halfling howlers, and mutant catfish all seek the blessing of their deity, Bittermold. Not Bittermold. Mugdalblub themselves resides, themselves resides here in Bittermold Keep. It has come. Glorious day. Mugdalblub wants to devour, wants all. Wants the strong to devour the weak until none remain. Only Mugdalblub's body contains the pure source required to create the cure for Mugdalblub's curse. Mugdalblub will give a piece of itself, of themselves, to the one who brings it, the brain of any other secrets that we've got down here. A mother and daughter reside down here who know the lore of Mugdalblub. And where are they? They're Plagrina and Globriella. Globriella is in area 21. Plagrina is in 29. They, they want the catfish and the howlers destroyed. They're considered, what, daughters of Mugdalblub by the bitter molds. I don't really, my fantastic locations don't really matter because we're only in the one place. We're just going to dump this whole thing. Keep my notes, keep my notes simple. And NPCs, we have the remnant of Memnon, Haldren, Juniper. Yeah, all these don't really matter too. Drusilla's dead, so we can pull her off the current list. We'll see who they meet now. Treasure will roll, monsters we got in the book. So we're all set. This is one of those cases where you really don't have to do a lot of the steps because the adventure's got it all. It's got creatures, it's got the location. The secrets and clues are still important. I think strong starts and secrets and clues together almost always are valuable. Those are those are valuable. Where's the game gonna start and what can the characters learn? And then if you've got an adventure like this one, that's pretty easy to 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 you know kind of run as is. Uh, you really don't have to do a lot of prep for it. You don't have to put a lot in your notes. So so that works out well. 
And I think we will end right there. Friends, I want to thank you all for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my Shadow Dark Gloaming game. If you enjoyed this show and you want more stuff like this, the best way to see the stuff that I do is to subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. It is absolutely free to subscribe. You get a free Adventure Generator PDF for subscribing, and you get a weekly RPG article sent directly to your inbox. You can also support me directly on Patreon. Access to a dedicated Discord server, a monthly Q&A, City of Arches Sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, a whole bunch of tools to help you run your games, just tons and tons of stuff you get for being a patron. It's a really, really good deal. Uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes. And you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, The Lazy DM's Companion, The Lazy DM's Workbook, The Fantastic Adventures and Layers and Locations, Runes of the Grendel Root, and the, currently the digital version of Forge of Foes. The physical version will be there in a couple of weeks. So thank you all very much. Have a great week. I will see you next week. Take care and get out there and play an RPG.